going, the camel goes through a big spot. They blow real loud, and the camel starts running. Everybody gets kind of quiet. Amen. I can remember this. I can remember this. Out his money and he puts on his camel and he starts heading towards the city. He's got a set of mats, he's got four feet of water, he's got an umbrella sitting on top of his camel. He's comfortable and he's just walking there. So about 20 minutes walking, he's like, This is too easy. So he, he speeds up a little bit. He says, Well, that's what you do. Oh, yeah, I gotta say it a little bit loud. He goes, Whoa, the camel starts fighting. After a few minutes of fighting, he's like, I can handle this as well. I'm gonna go ahead and raise my voice a little bit more. Whoa! Nothing but desert to the left, nothing but desert to the right, nothing but desert in front of him. He starts to really comfortable, and next thing you know, he's going to Two minutes later, he wakes up. Well, two minutes to him, but about an hour later, he wakes up, that camel is still running, and he notices that camel's headed right for the cliff. He starts saying, Oh my goodness, camel, stop! Camel, stop! I need you to stop right now, stop! Camel doesn't stop. The guy does the only thing he knows to do. He starts praying. He says, Oh God in heaven, please make the camel stop. Amen. Of course, he says, Amen. The camel stops right at the edge. Right at the edge of that cliff. So my question to you tonight, if you only had Psalm 96 in front of you and you didn't know anything else about the Bible, nothing about Genesis, nothing about Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, nothing about Revelation, all the way through the New Testament, all you have is Psalm 96, what could you learn? In fact, if you look through Psalm 96, you probably have realized it's all about worship. It's all about worship. And so that's the title of tonight's message is Psalm 96 answers the worship. Questions answered by Psalm 96. I want to take a look at some of them, but I want you to focus with me on verse 2. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. That could fit right in a modern day church service, amen? That doesn't mean it's something, okay? Means we need to keep on going, yeah. So, you sing to the Lord, you bless His name, and proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. That would seem like something that comes right out of the New Testament. In fact, we know the word good news is where we get gospel from. That gospel means good news. Let's take a look at that next slide. So, if we were to have only Psalm 96 in our possession, what could we learn about worship? What could we put to work in our Christian life about worship? Right here in Sanctuary, right here at Rock Canyon Baptist Church, right here in Copper Cove, Texas. Because I believe, and I'm going to put it out there, I believe one of the one of the greatest, well, if you will, things that we ignore inside the modern day church world is worship. We don't worship like we should anymore. We don't worship. God's not reverent to us. God has become something else of a friend, of a buddy, of a genie. We go to Psalm 96 addresses a lot of those issues. So if we were to only have Psalm 96 in our possession, what could we learn about worship? Let's take a look at a few of those here. We're going to go quickly through that. Let's look at that next slide. So if we were to ask the question from Psalm 96, who is the worship? 
we can actually find out what Psalm 96 says about that. The Bible tells us Psalm 96, verse 1 and verse 9, all the earth are worship. All you have is Psalm 96 in front of you. How would that fit into your theology today? When we think of worship, Christian worship, we think of only Christian people worshiping, don't we? We think of only churches worshiping. But what if it's God's will for all of creation to start praising His holy name? In fact, I believe that was the grand intent of it for each and every one of His creations to begin praising Him. Everything, every color, every sound was a praise to His holy name. Here we have in Psalm 96 instructions in verse 1 all the world. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Who's the worship? According to verse 1, all the earth. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. Look again in verse 9. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Every single person on the earth is supposed to worship him. Every single one of us is supposed to give our hearts to him. Every single one of us is supposed to be able to worship him. So, some of us might be saying, I need a, a more definite question, Pastor. What is worship? We'll come back to that here in a little bit. Uh, but who is the worship is what we're looking at right now. All the earth is. But that's not all the Bible tells us. There's something else we need to learn. And this is where we're going to focus our time on a little bit. Psalm 96. Let's look at the next slide right there. Who is the worship? Families of the people. Look with me again in verse 7. Give to the Lord, O families of the people. Give to the Lord glory and so not only is all the world and all the peoples of the world supposed to worship, but everybody in our family is supposed to worship. Inside of that, then, is something that we've been ignoring for years as Christian family. Something that we have literally put on the shelf and walked away from because we're afraid to face it, we're afraid to fight it. And because of that, we've ended up with all kinds of issues and problems in our life today. And that, look again with me in verse 7. Give to the Lord, O families of the people. That implies that we are supposed to be leading our families to worship. Are you hearing me this evening? In fact, if you're online and you're wondering what's missing in your family, I want to be the first to tell you it is the ability to worship. Church is not in a building. You're 100% correct on that. Church is not a particular place. Church is where God's people gather together and worship His holy name. And that should begin inside of the family's house, around the family table, with the family gathered together, worshiping God. Somebody say amen to it. That's what we start with. And that's how we worship. We worship as a family. In fact, we get the command here in verse 7. Give to the Lord, O families of the people. These are peoples of God. These are peoples of the world. We're supposed to give to the Lord glory due to His holy name. There's nothing sweeter than when a Christian father had his son or his daughter come up and give God praise. There's nothing sweeter than when a Christian grandfather or a Christian grandmother watches their grandchildren give praise to God Almighty. There's nothing sweeter than when a Christian uncle or a Christian aunt watches their niece or their nephew give praise to God Almighty. Look at verse 7 again. Give to the Lord, O family of the people. God's family, God's people. We're supposed to be worshiping God. And so we should not start leaving out the people in our household. Well, he's mean, he's angry, he's not feeling good. No, we're not supposed to do it that way. We're supposed to bring them with us. We're supposed to get them to where they're supposed to be and bring them before the presence of the Lord. 
give to the Lord, those families and people, give to the Lord glory and strength. So that's who we should worship. Number one, all the people of the earth. Kind of a general answer, isn't it? Each on side, every one of us is going to worship. Now, if we stayed in Psalm 96 only, we couldn't come anywhere near here. But as Christians, we already know there's going to be a time when everybody's going to be gathered in front of Jesus Christ Almighty. They're going to bow down on their knees, and they're going to proclaim with one tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's worship. That's worship. Families of all the earth. Who's just looking at Psalm 96? How would that fit in our theology today? All the earth should be. That implies that God wants all the earth to be worshiping, and we're supposed to be going out telling everybody about the glory of God. You know what else is super sweet? We like to talk about Christian children praising God, and nothing sweeter. In fact, I believe it all my heart. It's just as sweet when that child praises God. You ever see that sweet baby open his or her mouth, and out comes out, praise the Lord. Out comes out, God is good. Glory to God the Father. And you think to yourself, out of the mouth of babies comes perfect praise. You know what else is beautiful? Listen to me now. You know what else is wonderful? When somebody who doesn't know our God stands up and declares, God is right. God is righteous. God is beautiful. God is to be glorified because He's holy, He's true, and His judgments are correct. That too is true. Give to the Lord and families and the people. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Don't just stop at the people in your house who willfully worship. Let's get everybody in the house to be worshiping. I'll talk to that. Let's move where worship's not just in our house, but it's outside of our house. Into our yard, in our yard, to our neighbor's yard, to our neighborhood to our counties, to our districts, to our cities, to our states. One of these days, everybody's going to take a little bit of So what is worship then? As a young Christian, worship to me, when I was first young, was, well, was the difference in songs we sang. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I thought worship was when we had a slow song that moved your heart to tears. That was worship. Question. What would worship be to you? 
know what else worship is? Come to see me. Worship is also obedience. Worship is obeying. Worship is doing what verse 1 says. It's doing what verse 7 says. It's doing what verse 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13 say. Giving God the glory, praising God, taking the gospel, the good news, to everybody in this world. That's worship. So look on our Lord's Supper table. We have a beautiful arrangement of flowers. And the lady created, praise God, changing them out. However, what if you came in Sunday morning and that beautiful blue vase was just sitting there and all the flowers were gone? You would say, there's something missing. See, we can worship God with all the beautiful songs we want to. We can sing all the slow songs we want to. We can read scripture. We can pray. We're missing something. We're missing the flowers. And we're missing what makes it that. to us a daily devotion. Sometimes it becomes to us some sort of routine. And let me tell you, when worship is routine, you've got a problem. Worship should never be routine. Worship should be spontaneous. Worship should be definitely have its right times and places. Don't get me wrong in what I'm saying there, but it should never be something that I reciprocate every day, every week, every hour, every morning. You've got a problem with that. You don't need that problem. You say, hey, don't take your herd from repeating your prayers over and over and over and over and over again. Instead, you need to sing it to the Lord. A new song. A new song. All the old. Let's see what else we got here. Let's see what we got next song. What is worship? Look at me in verse 2. Blessing His name and proclaiming good tidings of His salvation. You want to worship? Do you want to worship God? Look at me in verse 2. Bless his name. I want to hit an underline for you. Bless his name. When's the last time you've been at HEB and you said, for no apparent reason, bless the Lord, oh my soul. What about praise God? Now, there's a big difference between here in Texas saying, bless your heart. You've got to be careful with that, right? But when's the last you gave glory to God to somebody who doesn't know God. That's worship too. Praise God. Let them know He is worthy to be praised. Look at me in verse 2 again. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. Every day. Every hour. Every second. Every minute. When I was young, a particular franchise came out and they got really, really famous. That franchise, you probably know, had this really recognizable green sign. And in the green sign, they put this yellow number seven. That's one of seven. You probably know it as 7 11. Do you remember why they called it the 7 11? Because it was open at 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. at night. It was convenient. Christians could have the worship sign on 24 hours a day. Seven days a week, 365 days a year, because our God is worthy. Are you hearing me, people? Worship. 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 Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Proclaim the good news of His salvation. My Bible says, from day to day. Every day. 
Daddy Day. Now let's be honest for a second. There are days we all wake up, no matter how in tune we are, how holy we are, how careful we are. We wake up saying, hey, I'm not feeling it today. We all do, don't we? You ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed? If you haven't, then you're not married. That's true. You're going to wake up. It's going to happen. You know what? You need to do what Psalm 96 says. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Proclaim the good news of the salvation from day to day, even when you don't see it. Praise God. Bless God. Proclaim God, even if you don't see it. Let me give you a personal testimony quickly now. Nothing greater. Truth is, my personal experience, nothing more satisfying than the gospel. They've all heard John 2 16. They've all heard, all I need to do is believe. They've all heard that. But when they finally start understanding that they owe a debt they cannot pay, and Jesus Christ paid a debt they could never pay, and all they have to do is receive and repent, and then all they got to do is believe, and now all of a sudden the light clicks in their head. There is nothing more satisfying. Psalm 96 says it's evangelism. Psalm 96 says it's evangelism. When's the last time you evangelized? When's the last time you evangelized online? Seriously. When's the last time you shared the gospel with somebody? My Bible says in Psalm 96, verse 2, proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. That doesn't mean you're going to make a new Christian. It doesn't mean you're going to convert somebody. It says you have proclaimed the good news. It's being obedient to the simplest of His commands. And the simple point He gave us is, Go therefore to all the nations. Teach them. Preach to them. Or pornography or stealing or something like that. She said, No, God kept 
me from ever experiencing them because I grew up in a Christian family who brought me to his house, who taught me to praise the Lord, who shared the gospel with me every day. And that's her testimony, and it's no small thing that God has been. Declare his glory among the nations, wonders among all people. That's what it says. last time he said he got to somebody. So let's see what else we got there. What is worship? Describing to God glory and strength, the glory of His name. Verses 7 and 8. Let's go ahead and read that quickly. I'm running out of time. But give to the Lord, O families of the people. Give to the Lord glory and strength. We need to remind people in this world there's nothing impossible for God. Nothing impossible for Him. Give to the Lord the glory due His name. Remind people that God's name is holy. As a pastor, there's one thing I can't stand being around somebody who's like second or third time, I'll have to turn around and say, excuse me, do you know there's a command in that? In the Bible, they usually say, you can't preach here. And I'm like, fine. Give to the Lord the glory. Do His name. That is what worship is. His name is holy. His name is sacred. His name is worthy to be praised. And somewhere down the line, we've accepted the fact that the world is going to blaspheme Him. We don't have to accept that. We should bless his holy name. Go back to verse 1. Sing the wonderful praises of His holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Give to the Lord the glory. Give His name. Bring offerings coming to His court. What's worship? Let's see what the next one says. What is worship? Bringing an offering and coming to His court. Verse 8. Yes. You know, of course, some people will say, oh my goodness, Pastor, talk about money. No, no, no. Money is definitely part of it. Time. Prayer. That's right. I think that's a gift to God. You have to care about something you couldn't care about a couple of years ago. So I guess you say amen. And a bad discussion. To be able to care about something I couldn't care less about a years ago. Why? Because God's worth God's worth my attention. He's worth my time. He's worth my heart. He's worth my compassion. He's worth me giving 100% and not 60%. Worth my time. Bringing an offering and coming to his house. First, and you know, coming to church is an act of worship. Listen to me online. Coming to church is an act of worship. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his court. Why? Because he wants his people together. Blessing His holy name, so the world will see and come together and start blessing His holy name. Hallelujah! What a name it is! It's the name above all names. His name. What is worship? Let's look at the next one. So, where does worship take place? We've already kind of hit on that. Doesn't necessarily have to be in church. Doesn't necessarily have to be out in the field. Remember the old Baptist churches in Texas? We had those those wooden tabernacles. Right? We quit doing those pretty quick because we developed something called air conditioning. And we were like, we'd rather be inside with air conditioning than outside the Amen. Look with me in verse 3. Where does worship take place? Among the nations and all the people. Among the nations. You don't know the people who are the nations. You get your word. Worship takes place among 
among the nations, the races, the goyim. It takes place where you don't think it takes place. It's there in the prisons. It's there inside of the places of ill repute. God's worship happens everywhere, not just in the church house. It's happening everywhere. And we've got to learn to take it everywhere we go. See, God's worship doesn't stay in the house with us. It goes out with us wherever He sends us among the nations and all the people. And verse 3, declares glory among the nations. It's wonders among all Tell of God's excellent greatness. Tell of the good news that you sent is only begotten Son, and they too can be saved, and they too can be forgiven and redeemed. I've read a lot of people in the Bible. The one I remember most of all, the man in the city. The man was a worker. He worked, never stopped working, never, ever was without a job. Went to Vietnam. His wife took his phone and called his congressman to not care. My husband's been there six times. 173rd Airborne Division, 101st Airborne Division, 82nd Airborne Division. Colonel Rath, door gunner, the very first time six times. That man came to me in the garage. One of those tunnels that people in One of those villages. You know how many people are there. Before the night was over, before we got the time back on that four-day, a 60-something-year-old man who are hacked with a 100-foot, 100-century airborne winner of Three of them were being put out. Two silver stars. And the Vietnamese had It my honor to give a funeral. And I said, How is your friend? Show us. Show us how.
to be greater. He is great. He's greatly to be praised and to be feared above all God. Verse 34, that God would really do because it's time. For the Lord is great. He's greatly to be praised. He's to be feared above all God. Quit being afraid of your sin and muscle if you share the gospel. Quit being afraid your offense of your witness, a Mormon, a Catholic, a atheist, an agnostic, or somebody else in some weird religion. Quit being afraid you'll offend him. He is great and he's greatly to be praised. Amen. Amen. Why we worship him? He's great. He's great. He's worthy of worship. Let's the next one. He made heaven. That's one of the reasons why we worship God. He made the heaven for all the gods and people who are idols, but the Lord made the heaven. Look at us now. The psalmist says that. The rest of the gods are idols, but our God made the heaven. You know what? We pray that the moon's rain. We thank God as we went outside and we looked up into those heavens and we saw those beautiful blue Texas Come and judge the earth. This is verse 13. Come and judge the earth. The world and the people and the people. Verse 13. Well, people tell me inside the Old Testament there's nothing about judgment, nothing about judgment day, nothing about God coming back. Uh, I'll just take it Psalm 96, verse 13. For the Lord, for He cometh. For He cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with Holy. He is holy. He is holy. Around him. In fact, Jesus says it like this. 
not to quote the New Testament because all we have is Psalm 96 that Jesus says that he be perfect in the Father of heaven. How do you worship? By saying the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. He will judge the people with righteousness and great strength. First hand tells us, stay among the nations. The Lord reigns. The Lord also is firmly established. In other words, tell them God's in charge. Nothing in this world is going to catch him by surprise. He's still on his throne. He's still reigning on high. And incidentally, it doesn't matter who's in the White House. What matters is who's on the throne of heaven, Jesus Christ. This world will not be moved because God is still God. It will not be moved. He's just a teacher. Righteousness. No one's going to get away with it. You might sometimes cry out to God and say, why did you let him get away with it? Let me tell you something. He lays the judgment. It's not God chooses the time in this world. God will do it. I will let you do Incidentally, if you got away with that sin, no, you didn't. And the way of judgment is not denied. Right? Well, we're asking you. Let's take a look at our last one. The heavens, earth, the sea, and all contains all that is in it, and all the trees of the forest are worshiped in the Lord. That's why we worship Him. Let the heavens rejoice, and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar, and all its fullness. Let the field be joyful, and all that is in it, and all the trees of the woods will be joyful before the Lord. Verses 11 and 12. God is granted. Heavens rejoice, and all the angels in fire. The earth rejoices, and all the creation rejoices. And if you're a Roman born reader, then it's Roman as well. Ready? Let the field be joyful, and all that is in it, and all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. That's right. So how do we join them? Starting your worship with God. Verse 4, Psalm 96, for the Lord is great. Be patient. Start your worship with this declaration. Great is the Lord. Be great. Be great. Have you worshiping? Have you been worshiping? Do you need to worship the Lord God? I'll choose to do so tonight. Perhaps say, Pastor, I need to put Jesus in my heart. I want to ask you to grab me. I'm going to ask you to grab me. I'm going to ask you to grab me. I'm Grab one of our music ministers. Grab somebody. There isn't a person in this church that can't do this. Grab them and say, I need to be in the Perhaps you say, Pastor, I need to get back to the right place. Because I'm trying to get me. Perhaps you say, Brother Josh, I need to be a part of that. Tell me, get me. We'll talk about that. And I'd like to be here Sunday morning. We're going to close in a word of prayer. My hope and my prayer is you go out this week and you will worship. You will share the gospel with everybody you need. Just looking at Psalm 96, how many times have we supposed to declare his goodness to this world? How many times? That's your homework, right? <laughs> Let's close in that word of prayer and I'll see you guys Sunday morning. Father God, oh, how we thank you. Oh, how we praise you. And ask you to bless us, Lord, as we depart to your house, Lord. But let the worship continue. May we worship at home. May we worship in our families. Worship with everybody we meet, Lord God, and may we declare your goodness and your greatness to everybody that's around us. Help us, Father God, to share this good news with everybody that comes to us. Have a blessed you all.